Inspiring interviews with today's top Bulldog breeders. This is the Everything Bulldogs podcast. And now your host, Cesar Paulos. Hello and welcome everybody to our second episode of Everything Bulldogs podcast. I am your host, Cesar Paulos. And today I have the privilege of talking to Gary from Doggy Dogs World. On this episode, we discussed a few topics relating to what a stud service should look like, what a contract should have, great ways to promote your stud and kennel, and finally, a conversation regarding his new litter of English Bulldog Fluffy Carriers. All this and more after this short commercial break. Well, first and foremost, man, just thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate taking time out of your day. I mean, I know that the, the NFL playoffs are going on right now, but... Can you introduce yourself a little bit? Can you can you discuss your camp? Just introduce yourself. What stud do you own? Yeah, um, I'm Gary from Doggy Dogs World. Um, we own Porky. Um, he's a, he's a year and three months. Um, we got into the bulldog game probably about a year year and a half ago. We've been kind of studying the game for a while, uh, a long while actually. We were really looking into the bully. The bullies, we were looking into some Frenchies, English. We ended up going with English Bulldogs. <clears throat> all right, all right. And then, so what are some factors that that made you decide an English Bulldog over a French or a bully? Um, it's just more like our, our style. Um, bulldogs, in gen- bulldogs in general are a little bit, you know, more laxed than uh, Frenchies. Frenchies have, you know, they're more energetic. They have a little bit more energy. So we like them a little bit more on the relaxed side. We like to enjoy them. Um, but with that being said, we also want to be able to have a dog that, you know, we can walk around the block and, you know, be active as well. You know, of course, these dogs are on the heavier side, so they're not as active. Right, exactly, man. The, I mean, when I got McSteamy, I don't know what I was getting myself into. And this guy is starting to get into an age. He's already 13 months and he just sleeps. He sleeps a ton and he'll get up, he'll eat, use the restroom. And he'll come back inside and he'll just sleep. It's, yeah. it's pretty interesting. Yeah. These dogs, you know, like I said, they're, they're a little bit more on the, on the lax lazier side, but you know, they're fun dogs. Um, you know, you make, you make them what, what you want to, to make pretty much. <clears throat> exactly. 100%. So then my next question to you would be, what does a stud service look like? You know, who should be contacting who? What information should you, should you make available to your to make your stud stand out? You know, and what tests, like what tests are most important? Well, to answer the test questions, I think, you know, any genetic defects, um, you know, that should always be tested. Uh, we use, you know, um, UC Davis to do our testing. I know there's other uh, testing sites, testing places that do them, but yeah, the, the, you know, the most important would be, you know, make sure they're health tested. So okay. nothing, nothing could potentially be passed down to, you know, to the pup with, you know, which, with, with, uh, with a breed that already has a lot of issues per se. Right. In regards, to the, in regards to the health panel, the UC Davis, you know, the, the genetic health panel, yes. do you know a little bit or can you explain to our viewers, you know, the difference between like having a copy but not being defect, uh, you know, not being affected by it? I think it's important for the stud to be health tested. 
Um, it'd, it'd be nice, you know, for both, you know, like, let's say you're about to do a breeding. It'd be nice for both to be um, tested. However, I think it's more important for the stud to, you know, always be health tested and cleared because, you know, one copy, let's say, of, of DM, one copy of DM into a dog really wouldn't, you know, it, it's not nothing noticeable. However, you know, a lot of times the females are not health tested for whatever reason. So with having that, you know, at least you can, you stand more of a chance of not passing two of the same copies down to the puppy and then you're creating issues. Right. So would you recommend, for instance, for those people that have studs, uh, studs out there, you know, and that are breeding their English bulldogs, would you recommend them, you know, asking for the females health test or does that really not matter? I think it's more important for the stud to be health tested. Now, this is a personal opinion, you know, so don't don't quote me on it. However, that's right, just right. My personal opinion. It's something like I said. If you know your stud, if you know if you're promoting your stud, I really think you should have it health tested, so you're not passing anything down to the puppies from <laughs> your end. Right, right, and that's so, very important because we're as breeders, you know, we're it's all about you know making the breed better. Correct. Right. And and as as the question about like the contracts and stuff like that, I think it is very important to uh, to have contracts. Contracts, you know, protect more than just a word. Now you actually have writing down. You know, you have dates. You have you know everything down to the T to protect yourself and protect the person you're doing business with. Because at the end of the day, the way we see it, this is a, this should be a win-win industry. And it shouldn't always, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, take people's word. And sometimes that just ends up bad. Right. But, and you know, if you have a contract there, it's, you know, it's all in writing. Perfect. And then to our viewers out there, what should a stud contract have? What are the basic necessities? Um, I think uh, just yeah, I've seen multiple contracts. Everyone is different. Right. Uh, your price, uh, pretty much what do you consider a litter? Mm. I've seen people say two, three, four is considered a litter. I've even seen down to just one puppy at birth is considered a litter. So, you know, that should be written down. What, what do you consider a litter? Um, you know, put, put the, the health panel on there as well. If you are, you know, health tested and cleared, put that on there as well. Um, what do you expect from the females, from the female owner? Like, when do you expect them to confirm, um, you know, for them to have proof of the progesterone testing that they've been doing. So just in case they, you know, miss or something, you know, there's all that's writing. So it defends the, the female as well, the female owner as well. Right. And, and, and to those of you that are listening, it's very important to have all this information in the stud contract because down the line, when something goes wrong, you want to make sure that you're protected, right? You don't want these people saying, oh, you never told me your, your dog had a copy of this. This is, this is bullshit. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure nobody ever uses your stud. So you want to make sure that like Gary said, you want to have everything down to the T. Yeah. You just want to protect, like I said, and it's not just one way you want to protect yourself and you also want to protect the person you're doing business with. Right. So, right. so you know, it, it, it shouldn't be, you know, me, me, me on the contract either. You know, you kind of need to put down something to, you know, to defend both sides in case it ever, it ever got up to put up to discussion. 
you could be like, look, this is what we both agreed on, and that's why my signature is on there, and that's why your signature is on there. Perfect, perfect. Now, I would, I think before even the stud contract, the most important component, especially for a person's kennel and their stud is promotion. So, Absolutely. What are some recommendations that you have, Gary, for these individuals out here that are either starting out or that are currently have stud service to kind of promote their stud? Well, you're your biggest, you're, you're, you're going to always be your biggest promoter. So when it comes to promotion, you know, no one's going to promote you or your stud or your camp better than yourself. Um, there's multiple ways of, you know, going out there promoting by, you know, going to the shows, fun shows. Um, I've been, you know, getting online a lot. You post a lot of pictures, videos. Uh, we go out, you know, we actually just take our stud pretty much everywhere we go and we do a lot of the footwork you know the, the old traditional way where we're out there kind of handing out stickers you know stickers putting our instagram page out there um we've we've came you know in contact with a lot of you know nfl players a lot of baseball players that way where yeah we're you know we we go to smorgasburg in, in los angeles where it's the catering where they have a bunch of catering trucks there um and we came in contact with a lot of the people there and then they start following our page and you know it's that uh, you know the, the traditional way works for us um we also like i said we attend a lot of shows now that we you know we're hoping to have a couple litters drop here soon you know, that's going to kind of put us at home, you know, because we're going to have to be doing some of the whelping. So it's going to draw us back a little bit on the show attendance that we wanted to do this year, unfortunately. But, you know, we're we're blessed to have a couple litters dropping. All right. And then in regards to the dog show, like, can you explain like first there's 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 breeders that that purchase a booth and then there's a lot of breeders and take their dogs you know can you kind of explain to the to, to the viewers you know those people that haven't been to dog shows what usually happens at dog shows well at the dog shows you know you you buy your you you, you have to get your own setup of course if you want to because i've seen a lot of just the you know the canopies just the blue canopies that you get you know at walmart target wherever you order them amazon just the you know the 10 by 10s tent per se um you know you could get your own design on there or like i said now just take a regular booth but the thing is going to these these shows to put your name out there to put faces to name of the kennel because a lot of times you know a lot of people walk up to us and they're like oh you know this is such and such and we're like you know and we don't we don't know because a lot of times all we know is the dog's face right the stud face the you know the female dog's face you know so on and so forth but when you go to these shows, you know, you, you communicate, you talk to a lot of these people, you know, you put your name out there, people start seeing you, you know, then they start recognizing you by who you are. And that kind of helps the camp grow as well. But when you go to a show, you know, it, it, like I said, you're, you're promoting yourself, you're, go, you're going out there, you're putting your name out there. Um, and a lot of a lot of it is all fun, you know what I mean? It's a lot of people take take you know their drinks, their kids. A lot of these shows have music. Uh, we attended one in Las Vegas not too long ago that they had a ton of free. It was like a toy for tots giveaway. They had tons of free toys. They had jumpers. They had slides. 
they had tons of giveaways. And, you know, and that's at the end of the day, that's kind of what it's about because, you know, we're going to leave this to our kids sooner or later. Right. You know? right. And they're and the ones that are going to be coming, coming up. Second straight um, breeder. You know, last week, Simon from Versable said it. Today, Gary from Doggy's Dog World said it. You have to go out and you have to make sure that you have a face with your kennel. You know, yes. people need a, People don't need to know who your dog is. They need to know who's the face behind the organization. And that is going to get you, you know, going in regards to promotion, in regards to, um, you know, just getting your face out there, getting people to know to know you and your kennel. Exactly, because, you know, a lot of times, like I said, a lot, most of these people, unfortunately, all we have is like an Instagram, a Facebook, you know, they just know us by that. But once you start getting, you know, a relationship with people, you know, the trust starts growing there. And then that's when you good business comes into play, because you always, always want to do good business. Right, you know? right. When, you know, they, that's I, that, that's just... 100% mandatory in this business because, or in any business, not just this business, but in any business, it's good business because one bad, one bad mood can definitely ruin somebody's reputation. Right. Now, a lot of, a lot of people don't understand, you know, how expensive it could be. It could be, you know, promoting your kennels, promoting your, your, your stud, promoting your litter, you know, can you go into that a little bit? Absolutely. It, it can get expensive very fast. Um, but with that being said, uh, monetary is, you know, a big, you know, I wouldn't say a big problem, but it is very expensive when it comes to these dogs. Um, as a stud owner, you know, you got to promote your stud. You know, we, we promote them on Instagram. We travel a lot. So, you know, there's gas expenses. When we go to these shows, you know, these shows are not free. You know, they range anywhere from, you know, 100 to $1,000 a booth rental. And, you know, that that's all expenses. You know, if you're planning on a litter, it's not always going to hit. You know, it's it, it can get expensive very fast. So if anyone, anyone is considering this to be a quick money business plan, it, it is not. Um, and I'm not just talking monetary either. It is very, very time consuming. These dogs require a lot of time. They require a lot of attention. Um, the constant cleaning, the constant feeding, vet visits. Um, and, and, you know, it goes on and on and on from there. But, yes, it does get very expensive and it does get very expensive very fast. Right. Can you explain to the viewers in regards to you and your stud? Um what is an what is a daily a, a daily activity look like for you from the day you wake up to the day you you know you go to sleep in regards to you know grooming cleaning you know what does that look like well i own my own business besides doing the the dog stuff um the dog business so i wake up at five o'clock in the morning um i take out my dogs i put them in the backyard i clean their the kennel um spray everything down i use whiskey wash i also use um some clorox disinfectant stuff i even go as far as steam mopping so do that from like five to about seven so two hours of cleaning and then make sure everything's dried back up i put the dogs back inside so they can eat 
and then once I once they're done eating, I take them back outside, and then I'll head out to work. When I get home from work, I have to clean the you know the outside kennels. So now I'm cleaning outside. After I'm done with that, I have to come back inside, clean the inside ones, and then I usually take my dogs for a walk. And then by then, you know, it's time for their second feeding. We we feed at least twice a day. Okay. So by then, by then it's our, you know, time for our second feeding. And then after the second feeding, back outside it goes. So it, it, like I said, it, it it's very very time consuming, and that's without a litter. Right. That, that's without a litter because once you you have puppies on the ground, you know, you're talking twenty four hours a day. Thankfully, I have, you know, my, my wife, she, she supports me 100% in this. Um, we've taken classes. We've done a bunch of research. So we're going to do some of the whelping ourselves. That's another thing. Not easy at all. If anyone ever thinks it's easy, please. But I do think that's something every breeder should do. What is that? Uh, do some whelping of their own. I okay. think. I think every every breeder should try whelping at least once just so they get a feel of what these whelpers actually go through because it is not easy at all. I, I, I've talked to various breeders and they, I don't want to call it complaining, but I, they, they say the whelper charges a lot of money. But it's I don't, like, it's I like, don't think man, they charge like enough. They, they're 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 staying there twenty four seven, making sure these puppies are are as healthy as they could be, and it's it's very time consuming. It, there's you you can't charge time like it's it's your time, you know. Like, exactly. Like, yeah. Something you can't get you can't get that back. Yeah, exactly. And and you know they they have to feed every two hours when the you know the puppies are born. Sometimes even you know depending on how the puppy's doing. But you're not just paying for the time; you're also paying for the knowledge because these puppies can get sick very quick. So right. what you're also paying for is when, you know, excuse my language, but when shit hits the fan, that's kind of what you're paying for, right. you know, cause, cause anyone can feed a dog. Anyone can, you know, do everything else. But when shit hits the fan, it's like, Oh crap, what do I do here? A lot of people, you know, we don't, you know, don't have the experience. Thankfully we have a good team around us that we, you know, are willing to help us. And like I said, we've done a lot of research ourselves, so we will be taking on a few litters here. So, hey, well, Gary, one hundred percent props to you, man. That that's going to be very interesting, and I can't wait to see you know, you know, the success that you guys do behind the whole whelping whelping of you guys' own litter. Yeah, we we hope for that here with the wife. You know, like I said, she's thankfully I have a real strong backbone with her, so hopefully we 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 get a couple successful couple successful there, litters. There it is. There it is. Now, real quick for those for the listeners out there, what are what are some books or some websites or maybe some organizations they could look into to kind of start learning about the whelping process? We actually took the in-person class from Cash Drop Kennels that she had a few months ago. We did that. Um, I mean, there's there's few books. I don't want to name any in particular because I don't want to, you know, attach myself to any of them, but there is quite a bit out there. Um, but the one thing I am, because I've been talking to a lot of whelpers, the one thing that everyone kind of mentions, it's kind of a trial and error. And that's where you learn. 
And a lot of these whelpers, like I said, you're not really paying for their time. You're paying for their knowledge. And knowledge doesn't necessarily always come from a book. Right. Right. It, that's it, it's more of an experience type of deal. Yep. That, that's, and I, I agree with that as well. I, I totally agree with that. Gary, thank you so much for, you know, talking about the whelping process. I do want to talk about one more thing, though. And this yes, is very sir. interesting. You know, you posted this a few weeks ago and I was just amazed. You know, I feel that the English Bulldog is going towards a direction that a lot of people didn't see coming. You know, can you discuss your upcoming and first litter of fluffy English Bulldogs? Well, they're going to be fluffy carriers. Um, we did not test our female to see if she's a carrier herself, okay. but the stud we used is a fluffy carrier. So at least we will have you know, a litter of fluffy carriers. Um, I know here locally, there was somebody that bred a Frenchie to a fluffy and ended up getting half of his litter were fluffies. He did not know his female was a fluffy carrier. Wow. So we're, we're hoping to get that luck, but um, we have not confirmed yet. Uh, we're waiting a little bit longer to confirm her. Um, we do, we have had a lot of interest in him, but we don't want to take no one's money. We, you know, a lot of people are offering deposits. A lot, you know, we don't want to do that until the litter is on the ground, and then we would post them up at that point in time. But uh, as far as the fluffy goes, I don't, you know, I it's it's one of those things where it's it's new. Um, well, it's not new because it's actually been around for a while. The English bulldog has been around for the, the fluffy English bulldog has been around for a while. Um. But I do feel because it is so new, a lot of people, you know, it's it's kind of up in the air, you know, if it's going to be accepted or not. However, we just recently saw this with the Fluffy Frenchies. You know, a lot of people are like, why Fluffy? Why this? You know, it's just one of those things that it's new. So there's a lot of question marks behind it. We decided to get into it because um, I call the female we bred. So I actually co-owner with Montello Bulldogs. Oh, yeah, Sean, yeah. Yes, Sean. Sean from Montello Bulldogs. I co-owned the female with him. He's been doing a research since early 20, late 19. Um, he's been doing, you know, research as far as, you know, the, the health goes on them and everything else. And we just decided to pull the trigger on it. <laughs> pull the trigger on it and do a breeding with a fluffy carrier. Man, this is this is some some revolutionary stuff, man. I'm I, I'm excited to see whether or not you know how this is gonna take off, how this is gonna revolutionize the the English bulldog industry because a lot of people are very excited about this, and there's a lot of people that are very skeptical about it. And it's just that's the cool thing about it is that everybody has their own opinions about the fluffy English bulldog. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the fluffy actually it, it dates back to the 1800s. They they back then they were known as the mammoth bulldog. So okay. you know, it's nothing that it's new. However, I you know, they, from there on, you know, they they kind of just the I guess you could say the hair got shorter. Yeah, and then this this just made a comeback. We actually saw one in person not that long ago, and. I mean, the structure was amazing. Uh, it was a very, very well put together bulldog with long hair. Man, that that that's some interesting stuff right there. And well, I know now, and I know now they're they're coming out with uh, curly hair and 
hypoallergenic bulldog that I've heard about as well. Interesting, yeah, because I mean they have their they have the labradoodles and golden doodles. So now we're gonna have a hypo hypoallergenic English bulldog. That's actually very interesting. Very interesting, <laughs> man. I can't. Well, this is this is actually very interesting, and it, it's just it, it's it's mind blowing. So and this is the and this is the good thing about this business. This business it could expand as big as you want it to. Right. But, there's there's you know, no limits. There is no limit to how how big and, and a lot of people call it the dog game. I don't like using that 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 term because it's it's really not a game. I, I do feel like this needs to be taken as a business. You need to you know present yourself as a business. You need to always carry yourself as as a business owner when you're doing this stuff. And, and, and that those are, that's actually very good advice, Gary. Well, there you have it, everybody. This is Gary from Doggy Dogs World. If you want to see. Um, you know, his kennel, his stud Corky. Um, if you want to see a beautiful picture of a fluffy English bulldog, and if you guys want more information in regards to his litter of fluffy English bulldog carriers, go ahead and follow him on Instagram at doggy.dogsworld. Once again, follow him on Instagram at doggy.dogsworld. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at stud underscore McSteamy and at everything underscore Bulldogs underscore podcast. Thank you for listening to the show. And don't forget to tune in next week when I sit down with Poly Pride Bulldogs. Thank you.